The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up on today's program, we talk with Joseph Tripke with Oilfield Water Connection. It's a conference down in Houston. And what we talk about is water a little bit in detail, the investment, the landowners, the surface rights, infrastructure, production, recycling water, water technologies. What's going on right now in the world of water is unbelievable. I mean, something that we all took for granted for a long time with our rivers and lakes, etc. There's some serious business in water right now. Water is the new thing. It's, it's the new hottest way to figure out a way to recycle it, a way to reuse it, how to get water mineral rights. You know what's going on in Texas and in North Dakota? The farmers that own water rights... They're no longer irrigating crops. They're just selling the water right to the oil companies. And why not? They get guaranteed money. They don't have to worry about a beetle. They don't have to worry about potato blight. They just get a check. And not only in some cases do they get a check, they also get a pumping station built on their land to make sure that the water is pumped out. So. There's some changes happening in the world of water. And so Joseph Tripke, Oilfield Water Connection, he's coming on today's program to talk a little bit about it, as well as Kimberly Wirtz with Ball Morse Lowe. She's an attorney out of Texas. And she discusses some issues in Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, which are now starting to show their way into other states as well, Wyoming, North Dakota, uh, South Dakota. Recycling, reusing water. These saltwater disposal wells and the fracking sites are discussed in the interview. The farmers selling to the oil companies discussed. So Kimberly Wirtz with Ball Morse Low a little later in the program. And Joseph Tripke with Oilfield Water Connection coming up in just a moment here. Once again, my name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. And I'd like to thank you folks for choosing us here as part of your daily content. I know there's a million places to get a million pieces of content. In fact, my, my neighbor's dog has got a tremendous podcast he does with his cousin's nephew. It's it's outstanding. I mean, it's really hard to find, but it's out there. And I think they do it, when is it, on Sunday nights with their shoes off. So it's a really unique podcast, but hey, what the heck, you know what? Everyone's doing one, right? So we let, thank you for tuning in on the radio. We thank you for streaming us on the internet. And for those of you who download the podcast on iTunes, thank you very much. We appreciate it. So uh, just a very long-winded way for me to thank you for choosing us as part of your content. All of our interviews here are exclusive, but I'd like to get to the interviews. Speaking of the interviews, Multimedia Cafe, Jason Spies once again. And this is Joseph Tripke with Oilfield Water Connection. My name is Joseph Tripke, and my company is the Oilfield Water Connection. Outstanding. Thank you for joining the program here today. 
uh, upcoming conference, uh, June 21st. Talk to me about that, and give me the name of that one more time. Yeah, the, uh, the conference is the Little-Filled Water Identifying and Financing the Right Solution Conference. Um, as you mentioned, coming up June 21 in downtown Houston at the Petroleum Club. and It's a one-day event that kind of really focuses on the business, market, and finance issues going on in the oil-filled water management industry today. Talk to me a little bit about the water industry, how that's changed over the last, I don't know, um, as far back as you want to go. I mean, even over the last five years, it seems the water industry has changed pretty significantly due to a lot of the shale plays. I mean, it's exactly right. Um, I think it's it's always been a part of this industry. I mean, you, you've got some really great technical resources that, that date back decades um, in terms of information sources and conferences, you know, even in, in conventional um, assets before the shale industry, uh, water was, was always an issue, um, you know, from everything to, to drilling to, you know, the production side. But I think that the, the rush that we've seen, particularly in the Permian and the Midcon, you know, with the stack and scoop over the last couple of years, uh, you know, call it five to ten years, there has been a, um, a an increasing focus on the the water side, and again, not only on the, the freshwater side, but also on the, the water that we're producing and what to do with it all. So, um, as we look at the space today, we think the the problem set has evolved from um, a technical, uh, you know, sort of issue to one that is probably going to be solved by business model evolution, corporate strategy, and and financing new solutions at this point. So that's kind of where our focus is. Talk to me a little bit about the conference here. Some of the things it's gonna it's gonna touch on a little bit more specific, if you will. I know that the the conference name kind of gives an overview of what what it entails. But a few things I'm thinking off the top of my head: uh, farmers are selling water to oil companies now. You know, t- taking their water rights and send selling them. Um, I, I know in the Bakken and the Permian the amount of uh, water needed was was underestimated and, and kind of recalculated over the past several years, that sort of thing. Just there's a couple examples, just I'm, I kind of fired at you a little bit. I have no idea if these are going to be talked about at your conference or what, but talk to me a little bit about, you know, the speakers, some of the things that they're going to talk about, a little more of the specifics involved, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. That's a good, it's a very good question. I think um, you're right. The volumes have increased. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different facets and angles to this problem. This is not like a drilling rig where it's fairly cut and dry and there's only so many, you know, different offshoots that you could go. I think the landowner issue that you mentioned there is a really interesting one. And in the Permian in particular, lately we've seen a lot of ranch transactions. I think we'll see a lot more. Um, at really high valuations that have to do with water, uh, surface rights right away, um, freshwater supply, as well as the disposal assets. So that will certainly factor into our discussion um, at this event where we're talking about kind of optimizing and putting together the right package of water midstream service and disposal infrastructure. And that certainly brings into play how do we build and solidify relationships within the community with ranchers uh, with water rights owners, right? So I think that that topic will factor into the whole day, pretty much every panel that we have set up. But, you know, a couple of the discussions that I'm particularly excited about are um, our keynote speakers is Peter Bowden. He is the, the lead energy investment banker at Jeffries. He's got over $200 billion 
dollars worth of, of transactions that he's advised on. And everyone I've talked to about Peter um, has a great story to tell. I mean, this is one of the most respected investment bankers I've ever encountered. And I think his views um, are going to set the tone for the day in terms of laying out the, the landscape for uh, for the M&A that, that we're seeing. I mean, I'm sure you, you and your listeners have seen, you know, the water bridge deal last week. Um, we had a, an IPO this morning that, that has a heavy water component. So um, investment banks have been very busy working on this water opportunity, and I think Peter's going to catch everyone up to speed on on what's going on with that. Um, then, of course, we'll dive into, you know, what the model of the future looks like. We've got several panels discussing the, the evolution of the water midstream model and how E&P operators are increasingly relying on third-party companies to handle their water. And that's a big change uh, in mindset, and not everyone's on board with it yet. So how do we get there? How do we professionalize the sector um, and turn it into a profit center will be a theme throughout the day. Mr. Joseph Tripke, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a brief pause here at the Multimedia Cafe. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Joseph Tripke with Oilfield Water Connection. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts and then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Joseph Tripke with Oilfield Water Connection. Taking a look at some of the other topics that are on here. How about when it comes to the the recycling and the reusing world, that sort of thing? Um, the, the whole idea, obviously, behind maximizing and becoming efficient with that side of the the water business is 
always been a dream and sometimes it's just pie in the sky. So uh, is that going to be talked about at all in, in this conference that, that reuse that, that recycling the water? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got an expert uh, that will be talking about the technology side and, and the economics of that at, uh, at our, on our 2 p.m. Um, panel, which is titled What to Do with the Water. And so that's kind of really focused on how do we, um, you know, how do we maximize reuse and, and what are the economics behind it? You know, a couple of themes that I mentioned there to you too, Jason, is that, you know, from our own research, um, Clearly, there is a trend now towards more and more recycling, and I think what's really changed on that, you mentioned it's been pie in the sky in the past, and I agree with that characterization. I think what's changed is that the quality thresholds have come down for EMP operators. We're increasingly seeing operators being willing to take, um, you know, water with, with less robust treatment. Um, in some cases, as, as simple as just running it through a 25-micron screen, throwing some bactericide in it and then piping it over to the next well, um, you know, in, in the most extreme cases. And so I think in the past it's been, well, we've got to get this water extremely clean and that's really cost prohibitive. And I think as that thresholds come down, it's enabled more operators to increase the percentage of recycled water in their fracks, which, you know, now if you listen to some of the leading Permian EMPs, I mean, that's as high as 25 to 30% of their water sourcing. So uh, it's a key, key trend. I think it'll be addressed throughout the day, but, we do have one panel that's specifically devoted to that topic. Well, we had a guest on, Kimberly Wirtz, with, uh, she's an attorney. She spoke on water issues at the um, IOGCC, the Interstate Oil and Gas Compact Commission. And she said, water's the new frac sand this year. It's it's the new moneymaker. You know what I mean? Because that, that was the idea, right? Frac sand was the big moneymaker last year or two years ago. That was kind of the hot topic because that was... Hey, the more the, the the more spherical your sand was, the more you're needed down at the shale plays, that sort of thing. And um, it seems to me like water's really become that too. I, I agreed with her that water, figuring out water, how to recycle it, how to reuse it, how to work with these surface owners and the new land. There's a like you say, there's a lot of angles to water right now, and with every angle. There has to be a way to maximize the efficiency and the profitability with this because, let's be honest, they don't get the subsidy dollars, the oil and gas companies. They, they, you know, their big arguments in the news are, are we going to lower their taxes or not? So they don't get the taxes. They're the ones who give them. Um, and I think that's a big part of it, too, is a lot of that, you know, um, science projects that they've been investing in themselves for the last 10 to 15 years are starting to pay off a little bit, too. They're starting to see some of the innovation efficiency happen as well. I don't know. I, that, that's what I've kind of seen, the exponentiality, I guess, of, of that. But your, your side of things, of uh, not your side of things, but your slice there about how maybe there, there's a little bit more acceptability when it comes to the quality of water plays into it as well. So a number of things, actually. So anyway, it's kind of a long-winded um, question and answer there to about the different angles that are involved with this this whole water side of things but uh you mentioned the keynote speakers any other speakers that um you know you care to mention yeah sure and, and by the way i love that that quote from kimberly i think that uh that is that is really spot on you know i it, a little bit of background is that i've, I've spent the last couple of years really covering the fraction industry as an analyst um and writing about it and analyzing it and it has been incredibly dynamic and i do feel like water 
it, it feels like we're at the cusp of that same kind of watershed moment uh, that time there. But, um, you know, really a defining moment in the space where the industry is sort of reinventing how we do things and, and really reassessing um, the business of it. And so I, I, great quote, I think that's spot on. Uh, yeah, a couple other speakers that, I, that I'd like to, to mention here, you know, that I think the whole day is great. Um, and I'd encourage folks to, to head over to oilfieldwater.com so they can see everyone that's speaking. I mean, there's there's no one on the agenda that, that takes second, uh, you know, a backseat to anyone else. It's, it's really a star-studded cast. But, uh, you know, we've got the um, uh, several CEOs from the water midstream space, uh, Jim Summers from H2O Midstream and Michael Anderson from Lane um, Water Midstream, which are two of the really big players. We'll be on a panel moderated by a Simmons research analyst, um, Pierce Hammond, who's, uh, who covers midstream there. Um the co-founder of Goodnight Midstream, which, uh, Jason, you may, may know, those guys started in the Bakken and then kind of moved into the Permian, another huge midstream player. Uh, Robert Ruby will be on a panel um, as well. And then we've got some, some great analysts, Kelly Bennett from B3 Insight and Benjamin Reed from Sourcewater, who are going to be talking about the outlook for the economics of the space. So that's just to name a few. The, the whole lineup is, is truly fantastic, and we're, we're thrilled. John Durand, another one I threw out there. President of XRI will be on the panel as well. Oilfieldwater.com is the website you mentioned. Uh, Friday, June 21st, is that right? That's right. Yep, downtown Houston. Downtown Houston. Well, that should be easy for a lot of those guys to make it to that. There. I think so. We've got a room block as well, uh, the Hyatt right across the street. There's uh, actually a breezeway that connects the, the hotel to the uh uh, to the Petroleum Club down there, so it couldn't get any easier. All right. Well, I suppose any any final thoughts? Anything we left out? Anything that you want to make sure that either you know we reiterate or I like to give guests the final word. That way, the question isn't framed by me. So uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jason. And thank you very much for what you do and having us on. I mean, I think I'd just conclude by saying, you know, as we look at the space today, and the reason why we really uh, we really developed this conference and and have brought it to the industry is that you know, we think we're in the early innings of, of a business model revolution. And again, you know, coming back to the, the key problems that are being solved in the space today, we think our, our business ones, they're, they're banking issues, they're financing issues, they're M&A issues, and they're sort of how do we optimize the solution across this water value chain. And so I think um, that's what this agenda, that's what this conference um, is tailored to. I think, again, there's great technical resources out there. And if any of your listeners want to know, I'd be happy to recommend some other events that, that we love, um, you know, being an audience for. I think this one is different in that it's really tailored to the executive side of the business, the business development guys, um, and, and really the, you know, the, the finance side of things. And that was Joseph Tripke with Oilfield Water Connection. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitters, even the YouTubes. All of our social media can be found at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. 350,000 followers in our network. Go take a look. Thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. And you deserve more than that. Another airplane. The sunny place I'm lucky I know But I want to go home I miss you
the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Gillette, Wyoming, the energy capital of the nation. The Wyoming Center at the Camplex, home of the Energy Exposition 20th Anniversary. June 26th and 27th, it's the longest running oil and gas trade show in the Rockies. You go there, you get exposed. Register your company for a booth now. Attendees can pre-register online and bypass the crowds. Don't miss the industry networking dinner with keynote speaker, Governor of Wyoming, Mark Gordon. And guess who else? U.S. Rep Liz Cheney, U.S. Senators Mike Enzi and John Barrasso live feed straight from the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Then Chansey Williams and the Younger Brothers Band perform live on stage. Awesome. Oh, and don't forget the Energy Symposium. Join in the panel discussions on the new regulations and procedures. Discover how new large projects are going to benefit you, Wyoming, and the Rocky Mountain region. Like to golf or just network? Then check out the Expo Golf Tourney, benefiting the Gillette College Foundation on June 25th. Hosted by Energy Solutions Corp. and organized by Gillette Physical Therapy. Admission to the Expo is always free and the exposure is, you know, priceless. Energy Exposition and Symposium, June 26th and 27th, 2019. And you already know, we're going to party like it's 1999. Find out more at energyexposition.com. Back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Kimberly Wirtz with Ball More Slow. So with the water wars that have been kind of the drums have been beating with Lake Havasu and the Rio Grande and some of the aquifers and a few other things that are happening across the U.S., because it is shale-related. A lot of it is very much shale-related. And when the environmentalists have risen to the point to where we've mentioned this on our program, you have two legitimate presidential candidates in Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Now, this is not a political statement. This is they are legitimate candidates within the Democratic Party. And they have said in their platform they want to ban oil and gas drilling, which is a very extreme comment Uh, to me. It's the same as trying to legislate dragons because it's, it's just not a possible. It's just not a real thing. It's, it's just trying to right. say things for effect. I call it crazy, but I'm trying to be polite and I'm trying to be professional. But at the same time, every year when the news networks put out the, the, the um, debate of all the fringe candidates and you got the guy with the Merlin hat that made it on the ballot because he went through the Democratic process and got enough signatures, God bless him, and he's out there because he loves Game of Thrones and he's talking about, we got to legislate dragons. Banning oil and gas is in the exact same category in my mind. Okay, that to me is more war drums. That You're now just putting out blind ideology, which in a war, you want people to follow. What's your opinion on where we're at with this? Because I just gave you a heck of a lot of examples to back up my concern for this ideology war that we have right now against fossil fuels. Right. Um, excuse me. I am a, I call myself a tech woman. 
So I was born and raised in Texas, and I'm now finishing, you know, growing up uh, here in Oklahoma. And so I have been embedded in the oil and gas industry probably since the day I, I came into this beautiful world. Um, it's just natural for me to um, be involved. I think I am a realist. While I can sympathize and I can take perspective and understand what the concerns are, I also understand that this is not a realistic answer. When people talk about banning oil and gas, I think they sometimes they think it's just it's just the gas that runs your car. When in fact, what I tell a lot of people is go to the grocery store, go to the uh, medicine aisle, and the next time you get mosquito bites or you get a bug bite of some time and, and, and you want to get that cream that stops all the itch and stuff, that cream is made from petroleum, and that petroleum comes from your oil and gas, and that oil and gas is not just the car that is running down the road. So many people, I think, get caught up in the idea that this oil and gas, is, it's fossil fuels, so they start thinking fuels. Well, it, that's not what the industry does per se. That is a huge part of it, but they do so much more. And I also have to sit back and think about the economies that are impacted. Um, growing up in the Permian area, Permian Basin area, I would be scared to think what would happen to that entire part of the map if oil and gas was not a part of their livelihood. It is the backbone of those economies. And so that also, it's another reason why I say I'm a realist. What are you going to do with those jobs? What are you going to do for those people that have spent their lives in this industry so that you could have that bug cream at the store? <laughs> Very articulate answer. Appreciate that. That's, that's um, refreshing to hear that perspective on it because the the approach I'm trying to take, well, actually, I'm, I'm taking a very ridiculous approach because I, I think we're in ridiculous times where right. I, I honestly I do. I, I think I think the um, environmental movement has gotten too extreme to where we're not even talking about plastic straws and bags anymore. We're going right, right. to let's ban it. That's extreme. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to and, and we've actually got a. a kind of a fun thing we're going to do this summer. We've ordered a belt from the same company that makes the WWE and UFC Brock Lesnar belt. And, <laughs> and it's called the Earth's Champion. And we live in such a unique time right now that the environmentalists are actually just sitting around drinking Keurig coffee cups, texting and trolling on their iPhones. And the iPhones take about 28 rare earth minerals. And the last time I checked, lithium mining is not one of the greatest things for the planet. So a lot of these environmentalists, have they didn't follow Ed Bagley Jr.'s method of driving around in a garbage-powered car because the guy does it. Ed Bagley Jr., God bless him, he, lives, he, he, he walks the walk, and he's invited on our program any day of the week. A lot of the other environmentalists, they don't practice that at all. Well, look at the presidential candidates, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, for example. How do you think they're getting around to all these new places with their jet fuel? My goodness, you want to ban drilling and you're going around jet setting from place to place? Come on. Let's 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 be realistic here. So what we're doing is we're 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 gonna explain how the oil and gas industry is actually the leader right now in saving the planet. And it's a little Stephen Colbert like, but at the same time, you almost need that to tell the truth because 
The oil and gas industry has made monumental investments towards clean energy. Look at look at what they've done towards even solar and wind. They've invested in well, competition against themselves just to make... That's kind of what I was going to say. I think it's very easy to make those comments, but then to turn a blind eye to the, the BPs and some of the bigger ones that have really taken a big chunk of their capital and said, okay, we understand that this is an issue. They are realists to me. We are going to keep producing oil and gas, but we're also going to start dabbling in some of these other areas to better understand how they can all work together. I'm not here to say that wind and solar is bad. I'm not here to say that oil and gas is bad. I'm here to say that we are a, a human race that consumes naturally. So why not work to, all together to consume on a safer, more efficient level, but well, also I, I, be realistic that it's not going to completely happen overnight either. You know, Apache um, was down in the Delaware and they were, you know, again, this is the Delaware Basin, it's the Chihuahuan Desert, and they are sucking up water left and right to, to drill thousands of wells. Apache took it upon themselves to fork over a very large dollar amount to replace that water in that community and to work with the community on how to put it back as one. So I think we get a we get a bad rep, reputation, I guess. People think, well, well, we're just, you know, sucking up the ground and not doing anything to help. And I don't think that's a fair statement either. I don't think that's a realistic statement either. Kimberly Wirtz, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Kimberly Wirtz with Ball More Slow. My name is Jason Spies and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Remember your past will only last if you don't take off your mask. When the outside's chilly, the inside is warm. You've been wishing you never been born. Historic the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Gillette, Wyoming, the energy capital of the nation. The Wyoming Center at the Camplex, home of the Energy Exposition 20th Anniversary. June 26th and 27th, it's the longest-running oil and gas trade show in the Rockies. You go there, you get exposed. Register your company for a booth now. Attendees can pre-register online and bypass the crowds. Don't miss the Industry Networking Dinner with keynote speaker, Governor of Wyoming, Mark Gordon. 
And guess who else? U.S. Rep. Liz Cheney, U.S. Senators Mike Enzi and John Barrasso live feed straight from the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Then Chansey Williams and the Younger Brothers Band perform live on stage. Awesome. Oh, and don't forget the Energy Symposium. Join in the panel discussions on the new regulations and procedures. Discover how new large projects are going to benefit you, Wyoming, and the Rocky Mountain region. Like to golf or just network? Then check out the Expo Golf Tourney, benefiting the Gillette College Foundation on June 25th, hosted by Energy Solutions Corp. and organized by Gillette Physical Therapy. Admission to the Expo is always free, and the exposure is, you know, priceless. Energy Exposition and Symposium, June 26th and 27th, 2019. And you already know, we're going to party like it's 1999. Find out more at energyexposition.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Kimberly Wirtz with Ball Morris Lowe. How about when we talk about recycled water, reusing water, or even waste water? A lot of people probably forget that some towns, aren't they? They're, they're, they're selling their wastewater to oil companies or using it or something like that. Didn't I read that somewhere? Yeah. Yes, yes, that's common. Um, depending on the water, the wastewater, depending on what's been done to it, it can sometimes it, it gets perfect to go on to another well site and be used again. So when we talk about recycling and reuse, I try to delineate those two. Recycling is it's a more intensive process. We're trying to get it back to a cleaner stage than, than where we began. With reuse, we're really talking about water that we used it for this well and we're going to reuse it for the next well and we're going to reuse it for the next well. So we don't really ever intend for reuse water to go back to, say, agricultural purposes or livestock purposes or even human consumption. Recycled water, we can sometimes, we can get it just right and we can get it back to that that stage of, of human consumption, livestock consumption again. So those are two different areas. And so I tend to put more wastewater in with reuse because it's it's gotten to the point where it's not going to be fit to go back into the world, but it can be treated and used over and over again for the well sites if you have the right systems in place. What type of infrastructure needs, do you know, are, are, there, are they set up for those types of things when it comes to recycling or reusing the water? It just depends on the area. Um, you know, the Eagleford area, the Eagleford Basin is probably set up the best because they have such a good permanent infrastructure already kind of in place parts of the permian and the delaware basins don't have that i mean they're already struggling with pipelines to move the oil in and out how in the world are they going to also find pipelines to move the water in and out um oklahoma is a little bit a little bit better off than texas the funny thing though is is you don't necessarily need full-blown permanent infrastructure to be able to recycle and reuse they have just like we have uh mobile frack trucks that can just go from site to site they now have water recycling trucks that you can lease out rent out whatnot that will travel well site to well site and can do the recycling job right there on the spot in oklahoma we have had a permanent recycler um 
open, um, new field exploration, forked over the capital, and invested in a very large um, recycling permanent system. But even at that, that system is not going to be capable of, you can't run a permanent pipeline to every single wellhead once again. So you, you either recycle it on site and then truck it to the well, or you recycle it on site and then use temporary type uh, temporary pipeline to get it to the wellhead. So there's various options depending on where you're at, you know. And then you can jump down into the Permian Basin where a landowner, the Faskin Oil and Ranch, they also forked over the capital. They built themselves their own permanent on-site water recycling system. And so on their land, if you drill a well, you use their water and you recycle their water. And it's an all-in-one shop. It's pretty great. <laughs> so it just kind of depends on where you're at, what your options are, and really what you want to invest in. That's why I love this industry. Smart, clever capitalists, they always seem to figure out a way to keep the marketplace and the economy moving. And um, Yeah, it's so, very yeah. fascinating. That, that's why we like to keep uh, some of the regulations and uh, some of the things like that abreasted because it does cost money. I'm sure that you've even got slides and formulas that show exactly how much regulation costs on each barrel and each frack site and that sort of thing. I'm, I mean, it's I've seen them in slides and everything else. So anyway, well, yeah. uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's better wrap up here. I'm just checking out the time, and we want to make sure that we can get your information out to people. And if anybody has any, what states are you licensed in? I am licensed in Oklahoma. Our firm represents those in Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Texas. Um, we do a little bit of water consulting across all three, and we also have a firm in um, Colorado. If anybody needs assistance there, we have licensed attorneys in that state as well. Okay, so Colorado, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas would be the uh, states that you can assist in. Okay, great. And and just kind of who who is your customer? That, you're, that you guys would be looking for. I, uh, obviously, we've talked a lot about water and oil and gas, but do you guys, you know, I, I mean, are you guys a full-on or just kind of talk to me a little bit about who some of your customers are that you guys are looking for? We have um, represented just about every side of it as you can right now. It's very hard to pick a side in water because so many of the clients, their, their main focus is the water. It's not that we're having a fight among people. We're having more of a how can we work together to protect this resource. So we have worked, you know, with operators who are trying to dispose or um, need disposal help. We've worked with clients that are, you know, are landowners and need to know what their rights are with their water and how they can, you know, use it or not use it. So it's very um, open-ended for the most part, you know, and, and I just think it's a fascinating area right now because it's very new, um, kind of on the, you know, beginning level of really seeing practicing water attorneys. And that was Kimberly Wirtz with Morse Low. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links will be available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. That's going to do it for today's program. I'd like to thank Joseph Tripke with Oilfield Water Connection. Also, Kimberly Wirtz with Ball Morris Lowe for joining today's program. The full-length interviews or other exclusive interviews, once again, can be found at thecrudelife.com. 
like to thank you very much for tuning in on the radio here. If you're listening, we'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. If you happen to be downloading the podcast, or maybe you're streaming us on the internet, or maybe you're listening on the iTunes application. Of course, iTunes is one of our number one podcast download places. But if you're doing that, thank you very much. We appreciate it, of course, uh, you choosing us as part of your content. Uh, there are a million places out there to get content. Steve Harvey is now giving me content when I go get gas at the gas station. So everybody is telling me how to feel. Now I got, that's the thing, Steve Hart, I mean, when did people start telling you how to feel instead of just giving you some news, just giving you some information so you can decide how to feel? That's the thing that really kind of bothered me with the traditional media is they just got into telling you how to feel. And I didn't like that. So that's the reason we have the Multimedia Cafe and the Crude Life Media Network. We just want to bring you some information and let you go about your day and help be somewhat of your eyes and ears in this busy, busy world. So, okay, there you go. There's your moment of zen. There's your life lesson. There's your me filling the clock because I had about 20 seconds I had to fill there at the Multimedia Cafe. And you know what? Sometimes we like to dig a little bit deep to end the show. From the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Gillette, Wyoming, the energy capital of the nation. The Wyoming Center at the Camplex, home of the Energy Exposition 20th Anniversary. June 26th and 27th, it's the longest-running oil and gas trade show in the Rockies. You go there, you get exposed. Register your company for a booth now. Attendees can pre-register online and bypass the crowds. Don't miss the Industry Networking Dinner with keynote speaker, Governor of Wyoming, Mark Gordon. And guess who else? U.S. Rep. Liz Cheney, U.S. Senators Mike Enzi and John Barrasso live feeds straight from the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Then Chansey Williams and the Younger Brothers Band perform live on stage. Awesome. Oh, and don't forget the Energy Symposium. Join in the panel discussions on the new regulations and procedures. Discover how new large projects are going to benefit you, Wyoming, and the Rocky Mountain region. Like to golf or just network? Then check out the Expo Golf Tourney, benefiting the Gillette College Foundation on June 25th, hosted by Energy Solutions Corp. and organized by Gillette Physical Therapy. Admission to the Expo is always free, and the exposure is, you know, priceless. Energy Exposition and Symposium, June 26th and 27th, 2019. 
And you already know, we're going to party like it's 1999. Find out more at energyexposition.com.